Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Dragon's Demise, the podcast about what happens on, around, and behind the tabletop. I'm Greg B., joined by Jacob, as always. Hello. But also by a special guest, his sister, Agatha. Hi. So, thank you for being here with us today, or rather, thank you for having us at your house. (laughs) (laughs) You don't belong here. (laughs) been home in a while. Yeah, we're up uh, at Jacob's place for Thanksgiving. Uh, mm-hmm. They were kind enough to invite me, so we have been hanging out and playing a lot of games. Yep. Let's talk about some of those. Yeah, exactly. So the three of us actually sat down and played some uh, Tofu Kingdom and Deception and Murder in Hong Kong last night. That's right. Tofu Kingdom was absolutely hilarious. It was so goofy. Yeah, we struggled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's like... So in Tofu Kingdom, it's sort of a hidden identity game. You've got one person who is Prince Mochi. Mm-hmm. And everyone and, knows that is. Right. And Prince Mochi is trying to identify who is Princess Tofu. Mm-hmm. But everybody else has hidden roles. They are a person. They're either Princess Tofu or uh, Queen Tofu or the Pudding Spy. And their jobs are to answer questions from Prince Mochi. But some of them can only lie. Some of them can only tell the truth. And some of them can do either or. But in order to successfully lie or tell the truth, you have to remember who everyone else at the table is, which we had some trouble with. Yeah, after the first two rounds, I think it was just like, wait, who are you? And then we had to keep peeking, and so it was really obvious who was lying, and so... Or telling the truth, I guess. Well, it, it wasn't even always, because you. there was one time where you oh, were man. the tofu chef who has to tell the truth because he wants uh, the prince and princess to find each other. But I didn't believe you because you changed your answer because you had forgotten who someone was and you had accidentally lied about who they were. Yeah. So it was just, it was total chaos. I, I don't know. I thought it was fun. I thought I outsmarted the game by taking a picture of who was who. And then I, even when I had the picture, I was not sure who was who. So that was right. the... Yeah, that, that was the game. It was really hilarious because we would all be just like, hey, uh, who is that person? And it would, yeah, and reach across the table. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Grab the, the card. Or it was kind of like poker where you just kind of, you know, flash yeah. a card. <laughs> yeah, no. It, it, and, and then it was also just the worst question was, who are you? And you have to remember, are you supposed to lie? Are you supposed to tell the truth? Right. So you're sitting here thinking about it like, who am I? Right. I, I think that most of the time when people were lying, they were always saying that they're Princess Mochi. Like, I don't know. There was a lot of that. A yeah. lot of, like, we definitely had, a ta- I think, one particular instance where everyone at the table either claimed themselves or had someone else say that they were the princess at one point, yeah. Yeah. which was pretty great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because then the princess just like, what the hell? It's just yeah. a crapshoot. So. But no one, like, lied and was like, I'm Queen Mochi. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which which is interesting. Also, just what we didn't really understand at the very beginning was like who was going for who, and like who wanted who to win, and all that right. kind of stuff. Well, that's the other part is because there's there's teams. So there's yeah. like the the princess and the chef want the prince to successfully find the princess, and so yeah. they're on like the green team, and they have to tell the truth. But you don't get points if any green team member is picked. You only get points. The chef still only gets points if the princess is chosen correctly. Yeah, and there's a red team which is the queen and the minister and the guard, but they, all three of them, only get points if the queen is picked. So it's yeah. not enough to just point them in the direction of another red card or even mm-hmm. away from Princess Tofu. You have to point them at the queen. Yeah. So it's, yeah. yeah. I There's, think it would have been yeah. helpful if we had read the bios beforehand about all yeah. of them because yeah. the, the booklet provides, like, little history and background of, like, who's who and why they want whoever right. to win. And so if you had that, then it would kind of be, like... 
maybe role playing, but not really. Yeah, it was actually actually remember. Right, it was surprisingly like relevant. Yeah, knowing okay, this is why this person wants X Mm -hmm. to happen. So, yeah, uh, I think you're right. That would have made a big difference for us mm -hmm. in in the actual gameplay. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. But Total Chaos, super fun, and I think it's probably going to be a good stream game because there's a phase where you, all the players, have to turn their identities face up while the prince closes their eyes. So, you know, definitely everyone on stream can see who everyone is, mm-hmm. and they hopefully remember. Yeah, exactly. So they're just laughing their ass off as we're all sucking. <laughs> yeah. Reaching across the table, like, wait, wait, who are you? And this is, like, the stream's just like, no, this person, this, this, right. you're not allowed to lie. Dramatic irony, I guess, yeah. is what that's called. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, but yeah, that'll be, look out for that on stream at some point. Uh, yeah, hopefully at some point soon when we have some variety streams coming up. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And then we also got to play Deception and Murder in Hong Kong. Yep. And so, you know, social deduction games because we had a lot of people. We had like seven or eight of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so Deception and Murder in Hong Kong, for people who don't know it, is pretty much very much a social deduction game, but actually has more deduction than it does like, social. <laughs> social yeah. Uh, and it, it's really cool because you have like all these things that are like, you know, the clues left at the scene and the murder weapons. Everyone has a set of four of each of those. And then you you have one person who's an investigator who can't really give any hints or anything like that other than the... The um, forensic, you mean? Or, sorry, yeah, the forensic um, investigator or forensic, forensic science, scientist, scientist, I think, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was going to say forensic accountant, but no. <laughs> no, that's you. It's not right. Um, so that person has, like, these boards that they can, like, just indicate which one of these very vague hints would best relate to the crime being committed. Mm-hmm. And that just... It, it makes it very interesting. Uh, you know, you're you're if the murderer is trying to throw everyone off the scent, where whereas like the uh, forensic scientist is trying to like be like, no, this, you're you were right before, like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> trying to well, because yeah, yeah, the forensic scientist can't speak, so you have the only way to communicate is by these like plaques that are mm-hmm. not really very precise. They're not even super relevant all the time, but you yeah. just have to try to make do with what you can. It, there was definitely. I still don't remember. Okay, you had signaled at one point that the victim was naked. Yes. Yeah, what did that mean? Why? Wh- I don't remember what the connection was there because it confused. Like, it's really, they, like, oh, pretty much if okay. you're dismembering yeah, yeah. someone, they are not going to have clothes on. True. I mean, not necessarily. Not necessarily, but that was, like, the closest thing. Like, you know, that that would you're more likely to do that. No, that's yeah, fair. Yeah, that I see round that. I was just mad at you because you chose... Severe injury. Severe injury instead of blood, blood loss. loss. And I feel like dismemberment, like, clearly there's going to be a lot of blood. you got to have that tarp out. <laughs> <laughs> she said authoritatively. <laughs> I was between the two of those, and it was the kind of thing where the guy, I, I didn't know which one to do because there was also, like, how did I pick blood loss? I think we literally had, like, throat slit as, like, one yeah. and that kind of stuff. So I was thinking, like, it would throw you off the scent too much in that direction. Um, plus, I mean... It depends on which limbs you dis or which parts you dismember. If you dismember their head, that's not a blood loss to death. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. It really depends. So that's why I was like, I don't know whether this would be severe injury or blood loss. So, um, yeah. It, well, it, if it, you said blood loss, it would have been fine because you also said prolonged. So if you slit someone's throat, they die pretty fast. True, but at the, like I didn't know what I was gonna get. Like mm. you don't get to see those other um, that's true. Uh, those other plaques until later on. If I could plan everything out, then then I could like have like a story go through yeah. them. But you can't. Yeah, it's tough. So 
Although we had, like, a lot of discussion going on, and, like, that was really fun, I feel like that game can have a lot of lulls, and so I think that it's really important to have a strong forensic... I was about to say accountant. (laughs) (laughs) Forensic scientist, I guess. Um, Because otherwise it's just like, okay, we've been talking for, like, ten minutes. Now what? You know? And so I think that it's, like, important to keep that flow of the Mm -hmm, game going. mm -hmm. And so, like, that maybe that was, like, the one thing that I was like, eh, you know, about the game. Otherwise, it was kind of interesting. Although you never found out who was actually murdered, so I wish that. You know, right, yeah, that would have been a nice element. Yeah. And uh, we, so we played, I think, three rounds of that. Yeah. We played the first two rounds with just one murderer and everyone else was investigators. And both times the murderer got away with it because we weren't yeah. able to successfully identify things. And then the, the third round, mm-hmm. we played with the, there's a variant rule where you add in a witness who knows mm-hmm. who did it and with which, like, objects and clues and things. Yeah. But there's also an accomplice who can murder the witness if they guess correctly. So I think the person who was the murderer in that round was sort of at a disadvantage because suddenly the investigators have all of this extra information coming to them in the form of, like, the witness who knows. Yeah. Um, He also chose, like, some very, like... They were pretty distinctive. Poison needle was... Yeah, like, he chose the poison needle in the newspaper, and I, like, wasn't sure exactly how to do the, uh, the newspaper, but, like, one of the choices on the cause of death was... Poison. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty, yeah, so... it was pretty. Although that was kind of funny because no one got it. Or no, someone did get yeah, it that yeah. round. But most of us were like, that's too easy. And then right. we started guessing like <laughs> random stuff. Um, like alcohol poisoning. Yeah. Right, drug overdose. And that kind of well, because you got to cast a wide net, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah so. You know, it, that, that's definitely the, uh, what you need to do. But at the same time, it was just, it was just funny. <laughs> yeah. Just like, and then Greg was the, the witness at that point. So he ended up just being like guessing. Like, I, yeah. I, was like, I did. I was worried. I yeah. was the first one to guess. And I was a little bit worried that I had like been overconfident with yeah. it. That was like, oh shit, they're going to know I'm the witness. But yeah. no. The yeah. the accomplice guessed someone else. So. Part of me feels like that kind of, that game gives like a similar vibe to like code names where you're just like you're on the same team but you're like fuck you just listen to what I'm saying or like you know, exactly. <laughs> exactly yeah exactly yeah. yeah that that gives a very similar vibe to that and also like into the the whole werewolf game yeah kind of that kind of yeah thing. yeah for sure because you're just like no I really am a villager come on believe me I am not a werewolf <laughs> yeah. I'm trying. Yeah, that's the that's the social aspect of mm-hmm. the social deduction is yeah. proper communication through limited channels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, pretty much. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that was fun. We played we played a couple other stuff. Jacob and I played a round of Spirit Island. Yeah. Uh, we taught one of the one of the other people, other guests who was mm-hmm. here for Thanksgiving. That was fun. Yeah. Uh, what else did we play? We oh, also played some Illimat. Yeah, we played uh, a round of Illimat with your mom, yeah, actually, which was exactly. super cool. You yeah. said uh, she was interested in card games. Yeah, she liked card games, so Illimat was a, uh, an obvious choice because it really is very much like a card-type game. Yeah, like a classic like, card game. It, it just uses a lot of new. elements of classic um, card games. Yeah, so. trick-taking. Yeah, trick-taking, matching, that kind of stuff. It just adds a few other extra things. Right, so, so I, think, I think she enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's pretty... It was fun. And there was lots of commenting on how it seemed like pretty much at the beginning of every round, Mm -hmm. summer was populated with winter cards. Yes. So that happened at least two or three times. Yeah, it was just summer. It was just full of winter cards. That was pretty great. A lot of uh, Mm built-in humor there. Yeah. And and then you've been playing just in general like some Kodama. 
Yeah, Kodama, uh, I mean, I have a very limited source of board games considering you live so far away. So <laughs> I've just got Kodama, T-Dragon Society, and then Werewolf. Mm-hmm. It's a um, good selection, though. Yeah, it's, it's a good bunch, and also Kodama's like my favorite game ever (laughs) (laughs) probably because i haven't played that many but yeah no it's been really fun i started playing with a few of my friends and so now whenever they come over they're just like okay what are we doing now and i'm like okay i'm not turning into my brother but i've got we're playing again yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah but um i forgot to mention earlier um Mm -hmm. is that i played um magic the gathering the commander what yeah so i played uh Zombie, I think, was my deck. Okay. Yeah, that was so much fun. Like, I played when I was younger, and my brother never explained the rules to me, so I was always losing. I understood the rules. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's well, how it goes. I mean, that's what he says, right? But he was always winning. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, anyway, my friends invited me to hang out, didn't tell me what we were doing very intentionally, even though I probably would have played regardless. Right. But, so we're sitting there, and um, first time playing, I, like, massacred one of them. Nice. And then <laughs> the other one, I was so close to winning. I had, like, at some point, I had 64 health or something. Like, oh, I wow. did some crazy <laughs> shit, and yep. then it was like... Yep. Um, but then I died anyway. But it was a lot of fun, and I... I'm inviting them to my apartment to play again. Nice. So, yeah. so, so did they give you the deck? Like, is that yours now? Or did no. you just, oh, okay. Yeah, that's why I'm inviting No. <laughs> I'm kidding. They're good. They're good friends to like hang out with. So, right. um, I hope that they bring me the deck again. Otherwise I'll just sit there and watch, you know, but, uh, it was a lot of fun. Awesome. That's great. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right. There you go. Yeah. That's a look at what we've been playing. Tickets. Tickets, please. Thank you, ma'am. Ticket. Thank you, sir. Tick. Oh, Dr. Einstein. Oh, everybody knows who you are, Dr. Einstein. I, I trust that you've purchased a ticket. You don't need to present one. Well, thank you, sir. Yes. Uh, Dr. Einstein, why, why are you still searching for your ticket? Well, we all know who I am, but I still don't know where I'm going. I know where he's going, and that is to play a game about his life, which is weirdly meta, um, but I think he'd have a lot of fun with it. So mm-hmm. Einstein, His Amazing Life and Incomparable Science, which is a huge title, but it is uh, accurate. It's a game in which two to four players play as two to four Einsteins. Yep. You play as Einstein at different points in his life, so from young Einstein to prime Einstein, a.k.a. Primestein. Mm-hmm globetrotting Einstein as he's traveling the world, and then finally wise Einstein with the the shock of white hair that we all know and love. Yeah, exactly. And uh, the game itself is a really cool combination of, you know, a gameplay as well as like facts about his life and things like that. So the game plays two to four players. So you can play any two of the Einsteins or all four of them. Mm-hmm. And you take turns to play these ideas on each turn. So these ideas are pretty much little shapes. The shapes include a long, thin diamond, a more rhomboid kind of diamond that's Mm -hmm. a bit bigger, a a kind of triangle, like angular other shape. Yeah, almost like a V shape. Yeah, like a V shape kind of thing. And then uh, like a almost um, princess cut diamond kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so... Each of these represents a different uh, type of idea. There's the philosophy ideas, physics ideas, mathematical ideas, uh, things like that. And 
you play them and you have to play them next to each other. So the first one, young Einstein goes ahead and starts everything off, but makes the base for everything. And then you're pretty much placing all the pieces on top of that. And the point of placing these pieces is to complete the inspirations. Mm -hmm. And these inspirations are combinations of either three or four shapes in a very, very specific pattern. Right. So you have to have them exactly how it is on the card. And then you, you go ahead and after you place one of your pieces, you can then go ahead and claim one of the inspirations that, are, that is in your hand. Right. Now, the piece that you placed had to be one of the pieces in the inspiration. And you can't use ones that are already on the board. So um, in terms of you see that your shape has already been created somewhere else and you even may have had one of your pieces in it beforehand, you still can't use that one in order to complete your your uh, inspiration. Right. The inspiration has to be triggered by the idea that you have just placed. Mm -hmm. um, inspirations are specific to each individual Einstein, so they correspond to points in that part of his life. So, you know, uh, when he's in college or when he's a boy, might be young Einstein. When he's lecturing, mm -hmm. will be uh, maybe wise Einstein, so on and so forth. But you have those shapes in your hand, but you can build off of other people's pieces. And in fact, yeah. you almost have to, mm -hmm. simply because of the way the, the process of laying down those tiles works. So... When you complete an inspiration, you're going to score points that will be tracked at the end of the game. But other people will also score points, and they receive a little physical wooden star for each of their tiles that you used in completing your inspiration. Yeah, exactly. And so these stars are just extra victory points. So you get your victory points for the actual inspirations, the stars that you get, and also the major ideas that you complete. Mm-hmm. And these are like the major theorems that, that uh, Einstein came up with throughout his life. And these are a bit different because these are shared goals. And the way that they work is rather than having like a very specific shape that you have to create, you have to do a certain action. So like connect for physics ideas mm -hmm. or complete an inspiration with just one of your ideas. And one of the really cool things that I like about this is that these sort of even like mesh with what they have as like the little blurb on, under the card yeah because it's like complete inspiration with just one of your ideas that's the general theory of relativity so that's like einstein like taking other people's ideas and just adding his own spin to it pretty much to create this general theory theory of relativity and that's just you know it fits with what you're doing in the game you're using other people's ideas or other einstein's ideas in order to create this uh, theory yeah there's a really nice marriage of sort of flavor and function with a lot of these cards both the major theories as well as even the inspirations you know sort of your personal philosophy as einstein as you grow interacts mostly with the philosophy idea pieces the very skinny diamonds so it's a nice balance uh between sort of you know the function of the core gameplay mechanic and then also these this really almost educational aspect that is uh, the flavor of the game yeah for sure and you play the game until either one of the players has fully used two of their piles of ideas. So mm -hmm. you have your four different types of ideas. If two of them are missing from any one player, that triggers the end of the game. So you finish off the round. Or uh, you reveal the last major theorem. Mm -hmm. Or one person runs out of cards and uh, their own inspirations. Yeah. So once the game is over, you take a look at your points from all of the major theories that you claimed, from all the inspirations that you've completed, and then the stars that you have from other people using your ideas and their inspirations. 
And that's your point total. Very simple. And whoever has the highest points, I believe it's referred to as prestige, Yes. Uh, wins the game. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much how the game's played. It's a very simple game. Yeah, very fast. Of, yeah, it plays 15 to 30 minutes, I think. Yeah, something like that. It's very quick. And the, the pace of the game goes very quickly because the mechanics of it are so simple. They're so straightforward. It's just place two tiles on your turn. And yes. then, you know, you can claim inspirations or major theories, but that's it. That's all you, quote, do mm-hmm. on your turn. So it goes very fast. And there's never a whole lot of dead time. You know, there's yeah. definitely time yeah, where yeah. people have to reconsider because this is one of the great things I think about the game is that you, uh, I don't want to take this from you. Mm-hmm. How did you describe it? I, I like to describe it as Tanagram's the board game, pretty much. Right. So you've got this this just collaborative space where all these different shapes are melding together. Mm-hmm. And so you're you're going and you may have to reconsider. So there's definitely some time where people are like, oh, crap, you blocked my shape. Now I have to look for a different place to put this shape. Yeah. But for the most part, it, it plays pretty quickly. Exactly, exactly. And... This game, as you've probably thought of, it really, really is a spatial game. Oh, yeah. I find myself rotating the cards in my hand yeah, same. to like, make sure that it's exactly the right way. Because, you know, you could have one thing like in the slightly wrong direction and that wouldn't complete your, uh, uh, your inspiration. So you have to really be careful about that. And just like it, it goes into like this whole like big mesh of like all these different shapes going in all these different directions, and you're like, okay, how do I get this in the least number of moves as I can so I can finish this inspiration? And like being able to use other people's what other people placed and to combine them all, I really like that. I I like the um, the mechanic of using the stars and having these stars as prestige points that are given to the other Einsteins that you use their ideas. Right. You never give more prestige than you get from a card so you're always still incentivized to to use the other people's ideas yeah yeah but at the same time you're you're definitely incentivized to think very cautiously and think about Mm -hmm. okay where are people building where do people seem to be building and where can i go that's maybe not going to be interrupted or not going to be used because obviously if someone else uses your shapes to create one of their own, mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily preclude you from making your idea, but there's a good chance that something that they placed will interrupt yeah. uh, where you need to put, because you can't layer them on top of each other. They mm-hmm. have to lie flush with the table. So just the, the amount of consideration that can go into it, you know, it's very simple at its core, yeah. but there's lots of possibility for theorizing and strategizing mm-hmm. and thinking about, you know, a couple turns ahead about, okay, they seem to be wanting to go for this sort of shape. So I'm going to either, you know, and you can make a decision. You can decide I'm going to try to interrupt them mm-hmm. anytime I see one of those shapes or I'm going to pointedly avoid them and focus on my own shapes. So a lot of um, a lot of possibilities there and lots of different avenues for how you can approach the, the sort of collaborative tile laying gameplay. Yeah, and you really have to think about it because you have to hold a balance there. You want almost people to be using your ideas and you not to be using other people's ideas mm-hmm. kind of thing, but that's almost impossible to do in, yeah. in general. Um, so, I mean, we played a game the other night where I was almost isolated in my little like corner and I completely lost. Um, they, that, that was just a blowout against right. me. Like no one was using any of my things, and I was still managing to complete a lot of my inspirations. But I was so isolated, and without getting any of these other points, I just wasn't able to uh, get enough points to even be in contention. Yeah, the points from collaboration are a surprisingly big part of things, and so it's important to sort of be in the mix. It's also really interesting how the number of players can dramatically impact 
like how exactly that works because in yeah. a two-player game you know it's just you and one other person so you have a lot of chances to sort of build off of you know structures that you have created because there's statistically just way fewer people trying to yeah. buy for a smaller space but also you are proportionally giving more stars for collaboration to a single person so yeah. it's more of a zero-sum game mm-hmm. I'm, I'm reminded of how you and your former roommate uh, used to talk about Carcassonne yeah where you know in a two-player game which is what you guys usually played any points that you don't get are just picked up by the other person so it's almost a, a zeroing out yeah exactly. whereas in a three to four player game you have to do a little bit of a more complex arithmetic of mm-hmm. okay well I'm going to stop this person over here because I think they're, they've got more points stockpiled. And, it, you know, if maybe uh, Globetrotting Einstein isn't doing so well, that's fine. He can build off of some of my stuff and, and mm-hmm. get some points. So the number of players, I think, can really impact gameplay quite a bit. Oh, for sure. I, I think that that's definitely definitely the case. And I think another thing that really changes between a uh, small player count and larger player count is how you end the game and i think that this is where it's really important to know that there are multiple different conditions mm-hmm. for end game yeah yeah that's true because in a uh, many player game you will go through the major theorems really quickly because like those are extra points that are just your own mm-hmm. so even if you use other people's ideas you still get the points fully for yourself you don't actually give out any of these prestige stars and so a lot of people are aiming for those yeah yeah. And you'll go through those really quickly. And I think that most times when we play, like, that's that's what's been the um, the end game condition. Yeah, it's definitely, yeah, more, most common, I would say. Yeah. And then you play more of a two-player game. And then, like, you know, you've got to be really careful. Like, the, the theorems can be a lot harder to actually get. And then you're aiming a little bit more for... Uh, your pieces and using all of them or getting all as many of the inspirations that you can make from your own and and that's where those end game conditions come in right and on the flip side of that is that you know sometimes you can run out of a stack of like you know philosophy Mm -hmm. ideas or or physics ideas and not even realize that you were that close to ending the game and suddenly you say oh crap i've got ideas in my hand that use a type of piece that i don't even have anymore Mm -hmm. Um, and so that can be uh, it's like some definitely something you have to look out for yeah, especially exactly. in a in a two player game in particular. Yeah, yeah. You only have, I believe, six of each idea. So that sounds right. So like, there's definitely room to run out. Yeah, but all these things are great. The game is great, but no game is perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are a couple of quibbles that I think we have with it. One, so I'm going to backtrack on myself a little bit. We talked about how gameplay tends to be very quick and fast paced, but it can also be really brain burning. Yeah, just simply because you've got you know, the, the core mechanics of the rules are so simple, but that leaves so many different permutations. You can put a, any piece anywhere almost. Yeah. And so you've, you've got this constant, okay, what shapes am I looking for? Turning cards upside down where there's just a lot of open-endedness mm-hmm. that the mechanics allow for. Um, and it can lead to some, some brain burniness, some analysis paralysis a little bit, which is especially because other people can, and at any point in anyone else's turn can screw it. Right. So, like, you know, you could be fine with like, you're playing a four player game the player after you gives, does nothing the player, uh, after that also doesn't really mess with your part. And then like the, the, the player right before you like places one and you're like, okay, he only has to place one more. And, and, and if he doesn't, 
I'll be good. And then boom, places in the exact spot that will make it absolutely horrible and you wouldn't be able to do anything. And now you've got to retool your entire turn. So that yeah. that can happen. And it's definitely, you know, an unavoidable aspect of the game. But. Yeah, exactly. The other thing that I'll say is that you can get stuck with some ideas that either are extremely difficult to complete or you just can't do with with the current environment you might not have the pieces left you might be late game and just not be able to complete any of these Mm -hmm. and there is no refresh mechanic so yeah you don't have any way of getting rid of whatever inspirations you have in your hand and recycling them later on or anything like that or even giving them up like yeah uh i think that that would be a very important thing that i would love to have in the game because there have been multiple times that i had like these really big like, you know five pointed theorems in my hand that like i just wasn't able to get out and i just wasn't able to do anything with them so i wish that there was some way for me to take care of that yeah that's definitely a tough aspect and i know that's something that you've talked about before with other games actually mm-hmm. is that refresh mechanic so uh, and then the other thing the sort of third thing that i would have liked to see and this is more of a something I would have been interested in that I think something that really detracts from the game. But there's not a lot of variation between the Einsteins. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, you know, they have different factoids and they have all of their personal inspirations are different combinations of shapes. None of them are, are repeated as far as we can tell. But mechanically, there's no, like, there's nothing unique about playing Wise Einstein as opposed to playing Prime Einstein. Yeah. So I think that would have been a cool space to explore. It definitely would have made the game a lot more complex. And so I get yeah. why they didn't do it. And I, I respect that. But I think it would have been fun. I would have loved to see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, let's say that Prime Einstein had a few more physics things and, like, just both uh, in terms of the pieces that he had to use as well as the. Um, uh, the inspirations that he had and, and just doing things like that. I think that, yeah. that could have been a really, really cool thing to do. That being said, I don't think it's completely necessary. And I think, and I know exactly why they didn't do it. Yeah, no, totally. Mm-hmm. So, so all things considered, simple mechanics, great gameplay, super fun, pretty quick. I think this is a buy it. It's, mm-hmm. it's super cheap. We looked it up. It's $20 yep. uh, for a game that is quick to play, only two to four, so it's not like a, a big party game. But, you know, you don't, you're not always looking for those. So yeah. I think it's perfectly great at what it is at a really solid price point as well. So mm-hmm. uh, this is definitely a buy-in for me. Yeah. I think that especially, like, it, it really hits that kind of more puzzly itch. Yeah. Because you're, you're really just trying to, like, be like, okay, where can I get, like, the spatial, like, you know, place and, like, put this here so that I can, you know, make this other one? Or, like, how can I fit something here, 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 and here in this way and that kind of stuff? And I really like that kind of gameplay. Mm-hmm. I think it's a lot of fun. I, I'm a fan of tile laying games in general, and especially ones that are a little bit unique and have more uh, different kinds of tiles and that kind of stuff. So for me, this is definitely also a buy it. Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, before we go, as always, we're going to talk about a couple of games that we think are similar. If you like Einstein, you will probably like these and vice versa. The first of which is number nine. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely some unusual geometric based gameplay mechanics going on in number nine as well that one is a little different because it's it's solo versus i think is the term that i've heard where you are focusing exclusively on your stack of tiles Mm -hmm. Uh, it's also different because you're more going vertically as opposed to horizontally Um, but in terms of some of the spatial reasoning that you have to do in terms of the ways that you have to get creative with how you use certain shapes um, i think number nine uh, has a lot of similarity and a lot of overlap uh, if you pardon the pun with einstein yeah i agree I, i think that definitely fits and the other one for me would be Palace of Mad King Ludwig. Mm-hmm. This is a slightly more complex game, 
but it also has that shared like board that you're doing a lot of tiling with but I think especially what it has is the like, you're helping each other in a way like you know you can complete other people's rooms and you both get benefits for certain things so yeah. like you know if you place a tile that matches the uh the door color between both uh, rooms you both get those ones yeah or other things like that or you know you can start building in one direction and that absolutely just helps what someone else is trying to do and that kind of stuff so there's there's a lot of overlap in terms of that so if you're looking for something a little bit more complex but still Still having that like shared uh, tile area that you're like you know working on like trying to puzzle out where to put everything. Palace of Mad King Ludwig is definitely a game for you. Yep. Well, there you go. That's our review of Einstein, his amazing life, and incomparable science. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Dragon's Demise. We hope that you enjoyed it. This week, we have a stream of Seafall coming up, so we will be continuing on our salty adventures along <laughs> the, uh, uh, the sea and all the islands in between and trying to, you know, take care of the Pirate King and other such things. Right. So join us for that on Wednesday. On Friday, we'll be doing another kind of variety stream of some sort, so definitely join us for that. We are both on Twitch and YouTube. And also, next month, we have the December Month of Specials, an annual tradition here at Dragon's Demise, where we talk about a lot of different kinds of things for the holiday season, pretty much. So we talk a little bit, we've done gift guides in the past, and this year we're going to do them a little bit differently. We're going to talk about the games that really stood out in the different genres. So, you know, things like cooperative games, Euro games, things like that. So definitely tune in and uh, see what we think about some of the games that came out within the last year or two that we think are standouts in their you know, field. And finally, we've launched a Patreon. Woo! Way to go us! So finally, that's, go- that's up and running and it's all official. So let's acknowledge some of the people who have actually started to donate to us, which is absolutely amazing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So these are new members of the thunder of dragons that comprises dragon's demise and yes we did look that up that is the proper way of saying a group of dragons that's right so let's start with acknowledging the great worms who we will be acknowledging on a weekly basis and these are the people who are absolutely fantastic we love you guys thank you so much for all of your support so we have carissa casey hunter and sam Thank you all for your support. You guys are awesome, amazing, and we're really floored by your support. Yes, thank you so much. You're going to be hearing your names a lot on this podcast, uh, and we will mean every ounce of appreciation that we throw your way. Yeah. And not to be outdone, the other new members of the Thunder are Andrew and Mike. And thank you both very much for your donations, and we really we appreciate every bit of it. So, thank you, thank you so much for your uh, your donations. Yeah, every little bit helps. Uh, speaking personally, I really appreciate just knowing that people love what we do. Yeah, um, hearing from people, whether it's supporting us on Patreon or whether it's commenting on our Facebook page, or even if it's a person that I know talking to me in person, just hearing that you listen to the podcast and you love what we had to say about x y or z um that that really is like the reason that i keep doing this podcast so thank you all so much thank you to everyone who listens and just thank you for for sticking with us it's a little late for thanksgiving but you know what we're gonna do it anyway yeah exactly and in general yeah we really really appreciate the support especially over the last few years like it's been it's been amazing and 
We never expect any donations or anything like that, so don't feel pressured to do anything. Like <laughs> um, just honestly listening and liking, commenting, sharing, anything like that is above and beyond. Like It's great support for us as it is. So thank you so much to everyone who has supported us in all these different ways. And be sure to join us next week for the first episode of our December month of specials.